We are live. Yay. Hello, hello, hello. All well, right. I, Go ahead. We, we are almost on schedule, Jerry. We're two minutes ahead of schedule. How about that? Uh, miracles will never cease. <laughs> <laughs> miracles will never cease indeed. Yeah. Speaking of, I think it's maybe the last time I was over at your house and I was on the back deck and I was looking out back. You know, you, you cut a couple of those trees down the worst ones. I'm telling you, though, man, I don't trust the ones that are left. I really don't. Why? They just seem kind of shady. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just horrid. Don't, don't trust those trees, man. Oh, gosh. That's bad. So how's your week been? It's been good. It's been good. Well, that's good. Busy and very blessed. I, I just, you know, I am in a position finally in my life that I absolutely love what I do. Um, and, but it dictates my schedule. It's not like I can say, well, I get up and, and I'm at work at nine. I go home at five or yep. I work third shift. Man, I work some days it starts at six in the morning and some days it ends at midnight. And uh, you have to go when, when the, when the customers call and, uh, coming from retail, you and I both, we, we know how that is. Um, absolutely. but, uh, I absolutely love what I do and had another busy, busy week and still got a busy week yet to go. So it's pretty, pretty good stuff. In fact, I realized having been, been so busy that I figured out the best way of getting my wife's attention, Jerry. How's that? Uh, I just sit on the couch and look comfortable. Uh, that, that usually does oh, the trick. Okay. <laughs> she can't stand that, huh? <laughs> I got it. I see, I see, I see. So, so I think you and I, we usually, just for the audience, so that they know what goes on in our little mini brains that we have, uh, we try, and, and the way we try to work this is, we, we've been trying on Sunday afternoon so that we're pretty current and we try to figure out our topics and we, we, we've covered that a little bit, but we try to do it on Sunday and Sunday, both of us were really, really struggling to find what yes, we wanted we to speak of. Um, Absolutely. Kind of a slow news weekend. And it was like, I even made the comment, uh, man, I, this is a slow news weekend. And then Monday happened and then Tuesday happened and here we are. Um, True. And another way of looking at that is just because there's a lot of news going on doesn't mean it, that it will lend itself to the kind of topics that you and I want to discuss. Correct. What you and I want to discuss is something that we believe is either being over-publicized, over-covered, or not receiving near enough. So, yeah, if it's the war in Ukraine that, you know, it doesn't matter what newscast you turn on, it doesn't matter what newspaper you pick up, there's going to be a ton of coverage about it uh, unless you're trying to say that that deserves too much coverage and i mean it's you know the closest thing to a war that that we have been in and not only that the potential for the, the worldwide implications are huge so it's kind of hard to say that that is getting too much coverage so yeah some things tend to lend themselves very easily to what we want to discuss and, and you're right this week sunday you and i were like geez what are we going to talk about is this a good time to mention what we are going to discuss next week? Yeah, I think that'd be a good, it's a good, good time. Uh, one of our regular listeners on our very first episode 
wanted to wanted us to talk about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and not know so much the trial, but they really wanted us to bring to light and to talk about women on men, uh, spousal violence. Yes. 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 Double Infinity, who, by the way, is not with us this time for the first time ever. We miss you. We hope you're back next week. Um, thank you so much for, for being with us through all the other episodes. And, and yes, that's, this was a request from her, and, and we intend to try to tackle that topic next week. And it is going to be the only topic. We think that it justifies an entire episode by itself. Um, as you can see for this week's topic, a couple of different subjects, one for each of us again. Knee-jerk reactions and aliens question mark or the ones that we're going to be dis, uh, discussing this week um, anybody yeah. who <laughs> if you know us personally and or if you get to know us throughout the the course of this podcast are going to learn that i am very much the conspiracy minded person of this duo no, <laughs> jerry is the one not. that <laughs> And Jerry is very much the you're so full of crap person in, in this group. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about tonight's topics. But, uh, yeah, well, if it's OK, I'll, I'll start. My topic is going to be knee jerk reactions to problems that often go way too far. As Steve mentioned a minute ago, we were sitting there on Sunday afternoon and we were scratching our heads and what we're going to discuss. And, was going through news topics and I read one. And as soon as I did, I thought, this is it. This is something that's bothered me for years. Um, and, and there's, here's the deal. The news article that brought this to mind is about how teachers in many cases are no longer allowed to discuss current events that might be considered political in several states. Um, most of these laws, not all, because possibly all, but I'm not, Sure. But most of these laws were passed by legislators who were attempting to remove the discussion of critical race theory from our public schools. And I've read about some cases when it was being taught at really young age levels. So would be really hard for me to disagree with that. I don't think that it's something that shouldn't be discussed, especially at the high school level. But anyway, that's the reason that many of these laws were passed in the first place. The problem is that many of these laws were written so broadly that teachers are left facing the possibility of being possibly fired, or in some cases, even having criminal charges brought against them if they don't comply. And Kentucky, our state is one of those. We recently passed a bill, uh, SB1, um, and they had if I remember correctly, about a month later, went back and passed a couple of amendments trying to fix it because they realized that the law that they had passed would subject teachers to possible criminal penalties for discussing current political events in a classroom. Um, give you an example of why this was in the news the other day. As I'm sure everyone has heard, um, on May 16th, in New York, the city of New York, there was an 18-year-old white kid that drove 200 miles to a grocery store that was in a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, and he opened fire and he killed 10 black people. 
this kid had had numerous uh, social media posts about his hatred of black people. Um, he had even posted about his re different reconnaissance trips to scout the area. He had thought about and considered um, going to a church, a school. He ended up deciding to go to a grocery store. He had also posted online a 180-page um, manual, basically, covered all of his plans, his motives for the attack. And all of his motives, by the way, were about racial hatred. But yet, in many cases, teachers aren't allowed to discuss this shooting as a race-related mass shooting. As I mentioned earlier, Kentucky has passed a bill, SB1. It was a bill that was sponsored by Senator John Schickel. And it restricts the way that teachers can even discuss racism and controversial subjects in a classroom. And that bill was passed, I think, at the beginning of this year, if I remember correct. In an interview after the Buffalo shooting, the, the guy that the state senator that sponsored this bill, John Schickel, said that he believes it's good that teachers are spending less time talking about current events which he said students can learn about on their own just by reading newspapers or watching <laughs> television. Yeah, exactly. I really That's like to see the students doing, right? that are out there right now yeah, exactly. perusing the Lexington Herald leader <laughs> for, for their yeah. fill of current events. That's, That's glorious. And he went on to say our educational system should be teaching the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Oh, you got to do the voice, Jerry. Yeah. You didn't oh, do the voice. Right. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Forgot the, which voice I was even doing it. But yeah, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Not arithmetic, because that would be an A word. He thinks that we need to get teachers back teaching the three R's. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. And factual history, he said, and to stay out of politics. So, yeah. Another example. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, go but, ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask. When you get people like that, and, you know, he is from our state, which is embarrassing. But when you get people like that telling, for me, it's a red flag. Anybody who does something tells you to stay out of what they do. If you go to a restaurant and you ask, hey, how, how, what, what's your, what's your, what's your process for cooking this, whatever. And they tell you to mind your own business. Then I have a problem eating there because they can't say, well, we throw it on the grill until it's whatever temperature, then we bring it out to you on a hot plate. Um, that's just a big red flag for me, especially with a politician who nobody should trust anyway because they're politicians. Um, when they tell you that you don't need to learn about politics, to me, that's, that's huge, especially on a state level, because those are the people making decisions that affect you every single day. You know, on the federal, there's a few laws and regulations, obviously, that affect you on a daily basis. But for the most part, it's the local guys who are making your um, the, the laws that you live by on a daily basis. Very true. Sorry, I didn't mean that just no, that's no. a huge red flag for me when somebody tells me I need to mind my own business because uh, all of a sudden you just made it my business. 
Absolutely agree. Absolutely. <laughs> I also think that politicians, again, on both sides, I'm not trying to say that Republicans are Democrat or either, you know, one exclusively doing this. It's both parties. I think they like having the hot button issues. I think they like having issues that scare people. It's a good way for them to remain with the status quo. Republicans, as long as they can convince a ton of their people that gun rights are being threatened, that uh, the gays are taking over, there's they're going to get a ton of votes. Likewise, liberals, you know, whether it's um, climate change or take your pick of any of the uh, far left liberals agenda. I think they like having these issues that, that scare people. It hey, helps Jerry. them stay in office. Yes. Uh, do you, do you, uh, <laughs> do you even have a Twitter account? I do. I'm okay. not for sure that I've logged on to it in the last 10 years, but I do have one. Okay. Well, I just want to throw it out there in, in talking specifically about what you're talking about now and politicians who always touch hot button issues. I got to give props to our local Northern Kentucky representative, Thomas Massey. Um, like him, don't like him, like his policy, don't like his policy. Thomas Massey, regardless, and he's a lot like Senator Joe Manchin in this respect, he's going to say what he believes. And today, this morning, he actually retweeted AOC, um, who is, you know, far, far left, the total opposite spectrum. Of what he is, and supported her bill to end aid, foreign aid to Israel. His only caveat to that was, and this is something that you can look him up day or night, uh, is to just end all foreign aid. Period. Now, whether you agree with that or not, I just think it's a great example of what is lacking in Washington. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't care what your what letter is beside your name. That's a good policy. It's a good idea. Let's expand it this way and let's just share it out together because, you know, whatever. But I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, it's very rare that you see that. And and I think that when they when they are brave enough to make those kind of things that we should applaud that. I also agree with what you said earlier. I think Manchin is probably the best one in Congress right now. Uh doing exactly that real common sense guy that um i think he also looks to see how it's going to affect his constituents in west virginia and really cares about trying to represent to the best of his ability the people that sent him there in the first place so i think mansion does a fantastic job of that um yeah back back to the knee-jerk reaction another example of this to me is in the state of florida where Ron DeSantis and his guys recently decided to review 132 math textbooks. And they decided that 40% of them needed to be banned. The reason that the state gave was prohibited topics, including critical race theory and social emotional learning. These are math books, guys, math books. So in other words, I guess the word problems that they were using was the wrong type of examples. You, you know what I'm talking about. Remember back in school, two trains leave Cincinnati at 3.30 p.m. One's traveling due west at 83 miles an hour. The other one's going east at 69 miles an hour. And if they're 
107 miles apart. What time is it currently? I guess they use the wrong type of word problems. By the way, I'm sure that Delta and United Airlines are going to be very happy to hear about this decision to ban those books. As now they're going to be asking school boards around the country to require book publishers to include an equal number of problems that, that are about flying, not just about trains. Equal <laughs> rights. You know? And goodness knows oh, what will happen when Carnival Cruise Lines decide to get in and get their piece of the pie. Anyway, I said all of that to say this. I really don't care what math books are being used in Florida. Uh, I just don't. I think the entire thing, that entire argument is counterproductive. I don't think any of it's going to lead to better education for our kids. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have conservative states that are going to ban books that they think teach liberalism. And I think liberal states will be banning books that they think teach conservative ideologies. And in fact, I can probably tell you how it's going to end. The only winner will be the increased divisiveness in our country. America's reaction to 9-11 is a great example. It's the main reason I brought this up. It wasn't to talk about the books or the what's allowed to be discussed in the classrooms. I think those are important. But after 9-11, we began to give away more civil liberties within the first couple of years afterwards than we had probably in the previous 100 years. And it wasn't even like that we were... We, we lost these civil liberties and we were fighting tooth and nail. It was actually quite the opposite. We were begging them to take these rights from us. In fact, 15 years after 9-11, more Americans thought we had not gone far enough to protect our country than those who thought we'd gone too far in restricting civil liberties. I just included a, a link to that study that was done by Pew Research, by the way. Yeah, what we thought was we believed that we needed to enact more protective barriers to try to keep our country safe and to keep something like 9-11 from happening again. And what we ended up doing was permitting surveillance techniques that had never before been allowed by the courts. We now allow our government to conduct warrantless surveillance of American citizens' digital and telecommunications. Again, without a warrant. No warrant needed for basically everyone in, in the country. Our government decided to require the major telecommunication companies, whether it's AT&T and Verizon and all of them. To Jerry, did, did, didn't yeah. Apple refuse that? Wasn't that a, a big point of contention a few years ago? I think you're thinking of something similar, but not the same at all. Apple, by okay. the way, is not a telecommunications company. Oh, that's right. They are a hardware company, and I think what you're probably referring to is the uh, they had a certain type of security with text messages and all that. Um, there was someone who had been arrested on suspicion of murder, if I remember correctly, and the government went to Apple and said, we need your key of how to break this uh, encryption, and Apple refused to go along with it. So similar, but, but different. Uh, don't you? Don't Yes. Don't you feel like sometimes our founding fathers are still the smartest guys in the room? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and I only say that to bring it up. Ben Franklin, who, whose signature is on the Constitution, uh, his his quote stands up to what you're saying right now. 
Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. I I just, and it wasn't a matter of, like you said, we didn't fight that. We were like giving it over by shovel. We were shoveling it over. And and I just, that we were. And now, am I wrong into thinking that the Patriot Act, which is where most of these civil civil liberties went away, wasn't that supposed to sunset after a certain number of years and they just yeah. keep re, re-upping it? Well, no, not exactly. But what they did was to pass some other laws. Um, gotcha. In August 2006, there was a federal judge in Detroit that found the program to be unconstitutional and illegal. And that would have probably ended what we're talking about. Unfortunately, the the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit overturned that decision, not because the decision was wrong, but because they said the plaintiffs couldn't prove that they had standing, meaning they couldn't prove with certainty that they themselves had been wiretapped in the first place. Oh, wow. So it was thrown out and it was allowed to continue. And that supposedly ended, it sunsetted, as you said, in 2007. And the government at that point announced that any further actions would have to be subject to the FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Now, at that point, we thought, okay, fine, we we allowed this for a while after, you know, 9-11 and 2001, but that's behind us and, and that's, you know. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Then in 2013, Edward Snowden revealed, they think, probably as many as a million and a half documents that prove that not only were those surveillance programs still going on, but they had actually been enhanced in many cases. And we were basically surveilling all of America, that we still had the filters on the Verizons and AT&Ts of the world that was automatically monitoring every phone conversation. And I remember you and I having a discussion about this a few years ago, and we were talking about how the system had worked from what we'd heard, uh, that it was looking for words like bomb and terrorist and uh, things like that. And, and we'd used enough of the words that at that point, I remember you and I saying, we're sure that we were on some list before a conversation yeah. was over. <laughs> well, um, and that was all supposed to be, metadata it was supposed to be not actual conversations it was supposed to be stored for x number of days it was supposed to be flagged for particular language and then deleted and then they with this the snowden thing we found out that a it wasn't being deleted and b it was more than the metadata well, um, first of all the, the the it's not quite that simple you're, you're right. That was what was argued to begin with. But courts had basically said, this is illegal. Without a warrant, you can't obtain this information, even the metadata in the first place. So according to what we thought had happened after the program had ended in 2007, we thought that they had stopped doing this. Edward Snowden revealed that not only had they not stopped, that they were doing a lot more of it than they had been doing previously. And actually in September the 2nd, 2020, a federal court uh, ruled in United States versus Molin that the United States intelligence mass surveillance program that was exposed by Snowden was in fact illegal and very possibly unconstitutional itself. That didn't change the fact that there's still an arrest warrant against Snowden who still lives in Russia and can't come home and probably will never be able to come home. So the courts have said that he was right. The courts have said that what he exposed was illegal. Um, 
and yet it's still going on. Yet he still can't come home. He's still treated as a traitor to our country. Those things so, are safe. Yes. So given the topic, I thought that um, it would be, you know, we're talking about uh, laws being passed that are knee-jerk reactions. Um, for a lot of, I, I just wanted to throw it out there also that for a lot of people who complain that Congress doesn't do a lot, doesn't make enough laws, doesn't do, doesn't seem like they do a lot of work up there. Um, it's kind of set up that way. Uh, and, and it's done so that we don't make emotional law, that people have a minute to, to hopefully cooler heads prevail. We don't make 9-11, however, changed that, obviously. Um, but for the most part, I, I feel like a lot of that was done in the way it's set up that it has to go through Congress and then Congress has to pass it and then it goes to the president and it gets his signature, blah, blah, blah. And then the, st the Supreme Court can step in and say, hey, we don't like that law and here's why. And then it has to go back to the drawing board. So we don't have these knee-jerk reactions. But right. when the, the balance of power gets out of whack <laughs> or the instance is so bad that the emotions are running so high and given the opportunity, politicians will do a power grab Republican or Democrat regardless every, time. every, every time. single time they can. And they'll prey on your emotions to do so. Absolutely. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Also, Jerry, <laughs> um, just so you know, okay. I have found a few laws on the books that I would like to know the backstory to why these knee-jerk reactions became laws. Oh, geez. I don't even know. <laughs> I want to hear what some of these are. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked, Jerry. <laughs> In Vermont... A wife needs the husband's permission to wear false teeth. Okay. <laughs> At least we're and making sure we stay with the important stuff. Also, uh, this doesn't apply to either one of us, but in Iowa, and I really want to know the context of some of these. It is illegal for a man with a mustache to kiss a woman in public. Okay. <laughs> Do you know at one point people with mustaches were... Uh, and by the way, you and I had not discussed this at all. I've not looked it up in a long time. But if I remember correctly, at one point, people with mustaches were considered of low moral character in the country. So uh, that's probably where that came from, I'm guessing. Uh, again, we're talking a long time ago. And if I remember correctly, there was some famous politician that had a mustache and was able to overcome that stereotype. But I think that's probably where that come from. Still stupid. Not, not trying to defend that at all. In, in Utah, Jerry, you are allowed to marry your cousin, but only if you're both over the age of 65, because, <laughs> because you know, when you turn 65, you're known to have impeccable judgment. Oh, my <laughs> Gotta love it. And here uh, in Kentucky, uh, there's two laws I want to just throw out for in Kentucky. In Lexington, Kentucky, it is illegal to carry an ice cream cone in your pocket. It's still on the books. <laughs> and a woman cannot remarry the same man more than three times. Okay. So glad to know we're protected in, in such vital, important ways. 
Well, also, uh, last one, and I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet, I promise. If you're ever driving through Missouri and you look over on the interstate and there is a guy or a lady driving with an uncaged bear in their vehicle, you'll know that they're breaking the law. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, uh, I was, I was through with my topic. That's all I had to say on it. Uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. This is nothing new. It's been going on for a long time as evidenced by some of the crazy laws that you brought up. That's a topic we should probably, a fun topic we should cover sometime. It's just, just that some of the crazy laws around the country. Oh, geez. Anyway, that's my topic. Well, that's a great topic. It's one that we need to be aware of, especially uh, given the tragedy in Texas. Um, and we were talking before we went on the air about um, what we that one of the topics we need to do in the future is definitely some how do you say it uh, just some not to have a knee jerk reaction but to be able to make laws that can help in a situation like like the horrific thing in Texas. There should be no way someone can easily walk into a school and, and commit the atrocities that's going on down there. And in fact, how many times do we have to be bitten by this bug of people just being able to walk into a school and commit atrocities? I, I just, yeah. I, I don't know how that happens. Uh, you know, some people are going to blame the guns, whatever. Some people are going to blame the people. Okay. Some people are going to blame the schools for not having tighter security. I get that. And, you know, there's some some areas of all three that form a triangle of truth there. You know, there, <laughs> um, the gun obviously didn't walk in by itself, but we didn't take better mental care of the person who had a ton of red flags, apparently. And both of those failed when the guy was able to just walk in with those guns. and. and just walk it without even being stopped. I, so uh, there's there's a bit of truth from all three of those, and we'll we we need to dig into that and, and probably have a, a topic about that later later in, in the next few weeks or so because that that that's that's really really and we can take it from several different angles. But uh, um, you know, you and I go round and round about the Second Amendment, so that ought to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, one thing real quick, I totally agree with your three reasons, uh, except for the fact that we cannot expect schools to continue to do more and more and more with less and less resources, especially when we start trying to talk about stopping uh, gunmen from walking into schools and killing people. Unless we're going to provide the money, uh, the resources for them to do it, which the money to get in um, the metal detectors, the money to hire people to man those detectors, the money to hire uh, safety personnel, because sure. you can't expect these teachers um, who are stretched further and further thin all the time and required to do more and more. Have you ever looked at th the amount that the average teacher spends of their own money buying supplies for their classroom on a yearly yeah, it's a, basis. It's huge. It's it simply is. because we keep cutting funding 
to the school. So again, if we don't have money to supply the supplies that are needed for the classroom, we certainly don't have the money as it currently stands. I'm not saying we shouldn't change that, but unless we're going to increase the funding, we certainly cannot ask the schools to continue to do more and more and also to be able to prevent these uh, events well, from taking place in the first place. As a stupid, uh, a crazy conservative person, fiscally conservative person, I would have zero, zero, you, I would, I would, there'd be no question for me about the ability to find that money from our federal government. We waste so much money in this. And like you say, with the laws, that's another thing we can do. We can do laws on one side and stupid government spending on the other. (laughs) Um, um, Because, you know, there is so much we spend money on that really doesn't amount to a heel of bean um, when there's so many other projects that like this, that we really can uh, make a difference. So, anywho, sorry I didn't get off on that tangent there for sure. Whew. And now so, you'll be covering one of your favorite topics <laughs> rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. Absolutely. Rabbit hole. You know, Jerry gives me a lot of a lot of grief over <laughs> uh, my topics uh, and and some of the things that I fall into. I I am a avid. And I want to say this the right way. I love to read about and engage with and try to understand as many conspiracy theories as I possibly can. It's just something I enjoy. It does not mean, Jerry, that (laughs) I buy into every one of them. It just means that I like to learn about uh, the different stuff. I like to. That's absolutely. That's absolutely true. I do remember one, I think it was back in like 1998 that you didn't actually believe in. So you, you're right. You don't believe in them all. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> I, first of all, I, I don't believe we live on a flat earth. How about that? Okay. Make that too. <laughs> um, so what we're going to talk about a little bit today uh, is on May 17th, last week, the House Intelligence Subcommittee, for the first time in 50 years, held on the House, you know, in, in Washington, uh, a meeting with the Navy Admiral and some of the Air Force generals, uh, all about uh, what they call UAPs now, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, yep. better known as U- UFOs. Um, and it was uh, a meeting that really uh, kind of went the way we thought it was going to go is for anyone who follow, follows that kind of stuff. Um, but it was it, two years ago. I'll just get with it. Two years ago, the Navy released um, after six years of sitting on it, a couple of videos from a couple of F-15 F- Hornets that tracked some objects um, somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. Um, these objects, and you can you can go and Google it. It was pretty, pretty amazing. The pilots had, who, you don't fly an F-18 if you're not of sound mind. You don't fly, fly an F-18 or any jet for the United States military if, 
if you don't have a, a, a ton of experience. And these guys had no clue what they were trying to fight. And they couldn't keep up. The maneuvers that the objects were doing, uh, the speed at which they could do it, and, and by speed, I mean as fast as they could go and then just drop to zero knots and just hover and then make radical 90-degree turns, things that humans would be twisted inside out for trying to do. Um, so that was one of the big things. Um, basically, in 50 years, they haven't, they've, they've not talked about this in Washington. It's been hush-hush. Yep. Um, now, they do have a National UFO Reporting Center. It's been tracking objects for about 47 years, and it's really hush-hush. Um, but one of the things in doing some research for this, uh, in Florida alone, they've had 7,600 different reports <laughs> of, of UAPs. Now, that's citizens calling in saying, hey, I saw this, or hey, I saw that, or I heard this, or whatever. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. But last year, a report from the Director of National Intelligence was declassified. It outlined 144 reports. Um, and out of the 144, now that was in a 10-year or a one-year span, 144 reports, out of all those, only one could be explained away. Only one. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily mean that those uh, craft or those whatever they were, were, were flown by aliens. But it does lend to the fact that, hey, why do we have things <laughs> in our airspace that we can't see or we can't catch, we can't keep up with? We have the, the most advanced Air Force in the world. And these things were running circles around our best pilots in the world. Um, and that's scary. And that's why they had the meeting. They wanted to analyze any potential national security risk, risk um, especially things that they don't understand. So that was kind of the gist of the meeting. Um, and again, that doesn't necessarily mean that there, there's little green men flying them around. But it does mean that since the beginning, all the way since Project Blue Book was shut down in 1969. Also, I'm going to go in the hole a little bit, Jerry. Sure. You want to? <laughs> <Bowman>. uh, <laughs> Project Blue Book was established because after the Roswell incident, um, there was such a surge of things flying around in our 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 our, our um, our airspace that the federal government had to do something to project the fact that they were doing something, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, also, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Roswell was an air balloon. Well, if you believe that I, I can probably produce books upon books that would, would argue that it really wasn't. Um, but I'm not going to get into that here. <laughs> um, Another thing Jerry, I what's think your that's important to remember is, and I forget the number, but you mentioned somewhere along the line the number of total sightings. And that number is large, and you're right. When it's coming from the general population, uh, some of it we know is people who 
may have been doing some recreational drugs. Some of it's from people <laughs> who is probably wanting the attention. We also have to remember that a significant number of these reports are from military pilots. This is not a group of people that you would think would be apt to be stretching the truth, who hopefully, at least not when they're flying the airplanes, that they are not doing, they're not under the influence of drugs. You hope that they're not making up stories to get attention. But yet a, a substantial number of these reports have come from extremely reliable people. Again, like you said, it certainly doesn't prove that it's little green men flying these ships. It doesn't exactly disprove it either. So, Jerry, let me give you some examples. You're talking about people that are of highest esteem, okay, sure. with our military. How about John Podesta? Yep. He's a guy that, you know, worked for both the Obama and Clinton administrations, um, Is a was a member of Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign team. He on multiple occasions said that, you know, the, the American people are ready to hear the truth. Seems like he's in a pretty good position of authority to know what the truth is. Um, Dennis Kucinich, a former Ohio governor and presidential candidate had a, and he's also been known to be very liberal on some things, probably why he didn't become a president. <laughs> um, he, uh, He's been called loony because he holds the belief that he was mentally contacted by alien. This isn't a guy that, you know, would put that out there if he didn't truly and of his heart of hearts believe it. I mean, he had too much to lose. There's also, and this is a rabbit hole. I'm just going to throw it over there, throw the ball, watch it go down the hole, and then I'm going to leave it. Some people believe that John F. Kennedy wasn't killed by being a communist sympathizer or that he was in bed with the mob or Marilyn Monroe, he was killed, but his, he was going to give the truth about aliens. And, you know, we're just going to let that fall down the rabbit hole. But that that's a conspiracy theory for all you other people that <laughs> like conspiracies you should, you should learn. Probably one of our uh, most respected presidents, would you agree, is Dwight Eisenhower, World oh, War II hero. Uh, helped rebuild our country at a time that we needed someone of his ilk to do so. Yep. Um, did you know he actually threatened to invade area 51 because he wasn't allowed to see and his people weren't allowed to go into area 51. I had not heard that. He actually was going to do it. They act because he wanted to see what happened at Roswell. He wanted the facts and uh, after a week of him threatening to invade Area 51 with the with the Army or the National Guard or whoever he was going to invade them with, they let his people in there, but they made him wait a week. So, uh, you know, these aren't people that, you know, are are Billy Rob Billy Bob down on the corner, like you say, had been smoking a little too much uh, uh, hillbilly grass. I mean, these are people of great estate. Former astronaut Edgar Mitchell, when he left the Air Force, became obsessed with alien life and cover-ups. He was an alien, or he was an, an astronaut. <laughs> he was he, he he was in space. Um, exactly. You know, so there, these are some folks. 
And here's here's probably the scariest thing. And, and you know, for what it, we can, we can try to poke a little fun and 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 joke about the possibility of aliens. I get that, right? Um, and that's fine. But um, a former Air Force captain, Robert Sal- Salas, S A L A S, he okay. was in charge of the Montana ICBMs. Okay. Sure. Apparently, we have a couple of missile silos in Montana. I hope that's not classified information. If it is, you didn't hear it here. <laughs> I think we have them just about everywhere. But um, um, he was on multiple of times uh, brought to the, the control center because things were darting in and out of their radar. They couldn't pick them up. They couldn't find them. And as they got closer and closer to the radar and to the to the silos, these things, whatever they were, would shut the entire system down. The computers, the 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 mission launch sequences, everything, everything, because those are uh, unfortunately a lot of people don't know this. A lot of those missiles are on ready status. You know, they can flick a switch, hit a button, and they're gone. That's kind of the whole point of them, right? Um, they don't have to. It's not like when you watch a, a rocket take off at NASA that takes forever to, you know, fire up. And you flick a switch and these things shoot out of the tunnel and they're gone. Um, these beings, these craft, not beings, these craft, as they approached the silo, the whole silo went dead. Computers inside, all the way down to the life support systems for the people working inside and underground. Everything yeah, that's, went that's very scary. <laughs> uh, and as soon as the craft were to leave the area, everything would pop back up and reboot like nothing ever happened. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think one thing it's important to remember is whether it's UAP or UFOs, the first word is key, unidentified. It's kind of hard to argue with that, you know? Yeah, this is sure not is. a rabbit hole. This is not some conspiracy theory. They're absolutely unequivocally are objects in our skies that we cannot identify. Um, Mr. Bray, when he was talking to Congress, he, he said in relation to the UAP sightings, he said that there was, he made sure to note that there was no evidence of any of them that proves that they involve actual aliens. He said, we have no material. We've detected no emanations within the UAP task force that would suggest it is anything non-terrestrial in origin. That doesn't mean that we have identified it. We still have a crap load of objects that are unidentified and you can look at it however you want. I know there's different theories. The, the one I'm sure you read about was the little green triangular disc that sure. they have video of. They have video of this. And this is one of the things that they were showing to Congress uh, is this little triangular green disc darting around the sky. Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't prove that there's aliens. It certainly doesn't friggin' identify what it is because it's certainly not something we can do with the current technology we have. That's for sure. We also have, and, and we, we have reported accounts from people all over the country from a plethora of different years. Just 10 years ago was the huge sighting. 20 or 30,000 people saw the lights over Phoenix. Yep. Um, if you remember that one massive, what they quote unquote, a ship. 
That's not one person. That's not two people. That's 26,000 some people saw this. It was yep. big enough that the governor had to make a, a, a folly about it just to calm people down. Um, you know, people who were directly under this thing as it flew over, no sound, no wind, no, no engine sound, no, you know, that's crazy. You know, anything that we have, if it's a jet, it's loud. If it's a prop plane, it's loud. If it's a helicopter, it's really loud. Um, so, and it wasn't, you know, the first, of course, government thing was, well, it was flares. It was signal flares. Signal flares don't move west to east <laughs> in a continuous line. Um, a lot of people don't even realize that in the 50s, not too long after Roswell, back in, the, back in those days, post-war, we still had artillery set up around Washington. There was, an, and I would encourage, and I don't know the website, but I would encourage people to read about it. We sent and spent... 45 minutes of artillery rounds into the air shooting at something over our capital. <laughs> yep. Sure um, did. You know, that's that these are things that are that aren't questioned. They really happened. So um, you know, you can take the conspiracy part of it, you know, the Roswell. Well, was it a ship or was it an air balloon, a weather balloon? Who knows? According to most of the folks that were interviewed that actually saw the the debris. There's no way in the world it was a weather balloon. None. And that's from anyone who was on the ground and actually touched, felt, or seen the debris. Um, so do I believe in aliens? Eh, maybe. Uh, until you prove me that they aren't out there, why, why wouldn't I? <laughs> I kind <laughs> and, of agree. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are somewhere around 6 billion smartphones out there now. Six billion. Everybody in the world has a smartphone. So, and and the the pictures and the videos that are coming, you're always going to get that one that's made up. You're always going to get that one that's photoshopped. But of the ten that you can discount as photoshopped, there's always one that you're like, hmm, wonder what that is. Does that what looks the real? Hell? Yeah, exactly. You know. Now that being said. Jerry, you and I have also talked about my man, Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I really believe that if we don't find physical evidence of Bigfoot in the next five years, we can pretty much write that off as a hoax. I mean, there's just so many cameras out there now, so many drones, so many uh, trail cams that that process is coming to an end really quick for Sasquatch. <laughs> yep. So. Um, just that's kind of where i'm at i found that really interesting i felt like it was something that didn't get enough coverage because it was on one or two reports and when it was covered it was covered in jest but i wonder if it wasn't covered in jest out of fear of what if you know because that's oh, how they great. felt like they should present it so that the american people and the world people wouldn't get upset but if, if the government is having a meeting about it and they brought in the top brass of the, the, you know, the, the Navy and the air force, it's probably pretty important that we should pay attention. I agree. I also think another reason it probably doesn't get more coverage is it's a scary topic. When you start talking about 
technology that can do things that we haven't even dreamed of. You're talking about, if that is the case, if that is the case, we're talking about people that are far, far advanced from us. Obviously, we would have little, if any, chance of defending ourselves against them if they were hostile. That's a scary situation. I'm sure that's probably part of the reason why it doesn't get more coverage is it's very scary. You know what else is scary, Jerry? That that rhymed. Um, I uh, was talking the other day and two things. I want to bring up two things about a topic that we previously covered. Do you have anything else about about the meeting about aliens, I do not want to cover. Okay, I do not. So, the World Health or uh, the World um, Earth Watch. I'm sorry, Earth Watch, uh, which is a a uh, one of the things that monitor life on Earth. Uh, just named. We talked a, a couple of weeks ago about the extinction of the honeybees. Uh, just named the honeybee the most important living creature on Earth. That's how important they are. Um, Also saw an article that some scientists uh, funded by our federal government are developing nanobees to help supplement the fact that so many bees are going away. All well and good, right? Yep. However... These bees that they're creating also have the ability to surveil you. <laughs> yes. How about yeah, that's that? Not, scary. not at all. And, and at some point, I definitely want to talk about all the video cameras. We talked a little bit about, you know, uh, your topic, which was um, um, a, a, an amazing topic. But we got to get into what the government is doing that we have no clue about. In, in as an example, you can't drive through Lexington, Kentucky, or Louisville, Kentucky, or any big city in the nation that you're not almost under 24-hour surveillance, some form or fashion, some camera somewhere. Um, the government now has in, in in several several of these like ring doorbells and all this video surveillance a lot of police stations can infiltrate and plug into your, your, your camera that you bought and paid for to be able to see what's going on in your neighborhood. Unless you know how to turn those features off, which right. granted most people will Don't never have a clue. That. No second. And you know, that being said, and, and we, I know you, you think that most of that's a good idea. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, and, and it, be a great topic for us to talk about now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, I also have a friend that uh, is very, he runs now. We see you, we see you Lexington. Um, it's an organization in, in Lexington that is all about transparency. Who's watching those videos, who has access to them, why, where, how, when. And, and it's a, it's a great topic. I'd like to invite him in when we, when we do that. Sounds um, good. But, surveillance just in general and and how much of a kickback that is because we want to feel safe. Oh, absolutely. I didn't mean to bring that back full circle to you, but okay. Thank you. Um, Before we go real quick, we uh, need to do our votes. Uh, Knee jerk reactions, more or less coverage. What does it deserve? I think it deserves more coverage and I'll quantify that to say, 
I think it deserves more coverage, but I'm really scared that more people don't care. Totally agree with both parts. Absolutely. You know, uh, the fact that people are uh, not caring about their personal freedoms, that's really scary. Uh, You know, many smart people before me have always said, and, and my hero, Ronald Reagan, was one of them, our country's liberty is only one generation away from being gone. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in China, back to the, as an example, China has so much surveillance that they give their people a score of how they, when they're talking, they, they can watch their people so much that if you are in a street or a market and you say something bad about the president, that'll drop your score. And that affects your benefits and how fast the police come to rescue you if they know it's you. And it, it's scary how that how is, intense that is. That um, is absolutely and I, scary. Yeah. So, and, and if you don't believe me, all you have to do is Google Chinese surveillance and, and it'll all be right there. I promise you. I didn't mean to. Uh, alien meetings. Do we need to see more coverage or less coverage? More. I think it's because, partly because, as you mentioned, this thing goes back to the 60s or probably even before. But I think it's been around so long that we kind of take it for granted. And there's not a lot of coverage that maybe I'm missing it, but I certainly get very little. And again, as we mentioned, this has some pretty scary security, national security implications. So I would definitely say more. Yeah, even if it's not aliens, we need to know what's flying around in our space, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, uh, be Absolutely. it government drones or whatever. But, you know, I, I agree. I'll give it a thumbs up for more coverage as well. Also, Jerry, are you ready for yeah. this? Sure. I, I'm not. First of all, I want to let all the listeners know that we don't say this to brag or to boast or to feel like we're doing something special here. This is our third episode. We know that. We're trying to learn. We're trying to get better. We're trying to improve. But and some of the bigger podcasts, if they ever listen to this, they'll be like, what? But this week, Jerry, we hit 75 downloads over and 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 that's a huge that's almost a 50 percent improvement over the first improvement. Thanks to everyone uh, who made that possible. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we do because we enjoy it. We have fun. But you guys are making it even more fun by just listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Absolutely. Until next time, guys, be safe.